0: Thank <laughs> you. To Conzie's Diary! Okay, it is Monday, June 11th, 2012. We are here with the Conzie recuperating from a hard weekend of camping. Yay, camping! Not one of Conzie's more preferred activities to do particularly when I'm this close to a major tournament, at least major in the U.S. terms of things, and have a pile of minis to get painted. So, my fellow friend Jason, who I board game with on nearly a week-in-week basis, at least once a week, decided... He runs a spring and a fall roughly camping trip where it's a group usually about somewhere between 15 to 25 people. He gets he pays for the campsite, people chip in on wood and bring their camping gear and we they drink and have a whole lot of fun. And honestly, I got to be honest goodness, this is probably the only enjoyable way I've ever been camping. I've been I've been camping before with just me and my wife. It's just, at some point, the level of boredom just gets mind-numbing for me. I need to have things and electronic gadgets and such to interact with, or my minis or whatever, and those are hard things to bring with you when you're camping. So, what what kind of things do a Konzi or a, or a proper geek, I think, need when they go camping? Well... It really depends a little bit on the size of the camping group that you're going to be, but I'll I'll point out some essentials. You need a tent, obviously. Most importantly, you need an air mattress. Sleeping on hard ground, for us that are geeks, most of us are quite athletically challenged or whatnot. We don't necessarily do a lot of athletic activity. Sleeping on cold, hard ground is not ideal for our bodies. Additionally, you're going to want enough beverages of your particular choice. Particularly if you're group camping, it'll probably mean you have a bunch of alcohol. On top of that, I would say that you need to have like a little stovetop grill or whatnot. Something with a couple burners on it and runs off propane. Maybe a normal little charcoal or propane grill would be fine as as a substitute, and the reason for this is, largely, we we're, we're ne- we don't ha- necessarily have the know-how as geeks, certainly the conesy doesn't, of starting fires with firewood, this just makes your life convenient, let's face it, you're not there to rough it because you wanted to be there. I certainly wasn't, not for the roughing apart, so making my life is convenient and easy. For getting things like food is great. Now, on if you're into or going to be at a group campsite for a while with a group of significant size at some time during the day while waiting for the evening activities where the fun happens, you want to have something like some game activities or such like that. And this is the one place where a guy like Consey can really get into camping because he can introduce games. So I would point out that when you do go group camping, most of the people that you're there with probably haven't played or don't play board games or any kind of games very often. Certainly, group camping is not the place to bring your Warhammer army. Let's face it, if it's 85 degrees outside... The last thing you want to be doing is teaching somebody that doesn't care a whole lot about Warhammer how to play Warhammer. On top of that, you're out in the middle of the wilderness probably when you're camping. It's easy to lose miniatures, dice, whatnot when playing out of doors. Playing in an out of doors environment that you're not familiar with makes this even doubly more difficult. So, what kind of games do work out? Well, board games are a good alternative in this situation. I like to avoid board games that are that have too many pieces and or need dice rolling to take a major effect in the game. After all, when you have dice rolling, pieces are going to get dropped or dice are going to get flung off the table or pieces will get bumped and knocked off the table or wherever, you know, whatever table top you, tabletop you're working off of, and you'll lose components or they'll get dirty as they get dropped in, into the filthy dirt. So, of these, I certainly recommend anything like the Flux games, Seven Wonders, you know, those kind of games, where you don't need a lot of components. On top of that... I recommend that you play games that aren't overly complex. After all, the people that you're going to be playing games with aren't necessarily the type of people that have played a lot of board games, nor have a long in- intention span to the game. It's not what they're there for, they're that terribly interested. They're more along playing just because they want to keep you company or hang out with you while you're there. So, and the fact that they didn't have anything better to do while waiting for the evening activities usually is the case. So again, when I going back to that, like games like Seven Wonders, Small World, the Flux games, even traditional card games maybe like a Euchre, Rummy, Poker, even, are all pretty good games at this point to play with a group like this. Minimal components, gameplay is fast, and turns are simple. Things like dice have been eliminated from the game, so you don't have parts getting flung everywhere. These are the kind of things I would recommend. So, on my recent camping trip, Saturday afternoon... After we had jumped in the lake, and it was warm as the dickens out, the group of us, we got five of us campers together, and Jason pulled out his copy of Agricola. Now, Agricola is not an ideal game, in my opinion. It is a ton of fun and one of my top favorite board games ever. But it, it is certainly isn't short on components. There are lots and lots of different little pieces and tokens now, fortunately, all the tokens for Agricola are kind of bland wooden tokens, but there are very specific counts of some things, like the number of fences you can put on the board, so, or the m- number of people tokens you have. So you can lose these components fairly easily, or have them get dropped and, and kind of abused. Plus all of the cards and other things like that make for potential for damage to your game. However, I gotta say, playing it was fun. We had a good group of we had a full five players, which is the most you can play with Agricola. And when the group was very competitive. Though so i got to say, three of the players, like as I said before, these are players that don't play a lot of board games. This was their first introduction to Agricola. And were they able to play it a second time, I'm sure some of the decisions that they made regarding resources they were grabbing with their player tokens would be a little different That being said, Jason and I were pretty good veterans of this game, and Jason usually wins. So that's kind of what I was expecting. Now, we did play with the basic set, so for the cards, the basic occupations and the basic minor improvements. But it was a good game. It was really good. It was really close. I ended up winning it. Um, I had 36 points. Jason scored in 32. Again, I, he usually wins this thing. So, me being able to eke it out at the end again in this one was really good. It was. I'm not usually into as into control or as contr- able to be able to control my own destiny in Agricola. I'm just. I tend to get a little whimsical and do things that I don't normally do. And in, in this one, I a lot of games I'm usually kind of. Of Agricola, I'm kind of stuck not being able to get enough wood and so this game, every time there was a four wood available, I took it and this really helped me be able to expand my house, get that extra person in my house. I was the first person to do that, and I did spend the good portion of the game, particularly near the end, as the first player, which really was able to help give me the strong run near the end. I did have a great, uh, kind of an interesting food engine I had the in this game. I ended up having the, I think it's the Occupation, it might be, a, I think I'm pretty sure it's an Occupation, where you basically get to turn one wood into f- one food. So when I started getting into that point where I'm like, oh, oh I've got three family members i got to feed, and I have no real food engine because all of the other, like anything to turn animals into food was already brought up by all the other players, I was able to then focus on converting wood, which I was grabbing in heaps and gobs, and score points. Now, the since I was eating my wood, I was never able to properly build fences later, and I did have to spend a lot of time focusing on baking bread. But at the end of the game, like I said, Koenzee won with the 36 points. We also had our, our worst player in this game, Scored a 5. Now that's pretty tough to do, but since he was new to the game, I expect him to turn that around, and it certainly wasn't the worst first-time gameplay of Agricola score we've seen, which was a 1. Um, tonight, no, I got you back from camping. I, I gotta say, the other, one of the necessities of the camping trip is all of the stuff that you take to the campsite, try to make sure that you're hauling it in on wheels and you're going to haul it out on wheels. We've we got an old cooler we take in, no wheels. We have most of our gear we take in, there's no wheels. This means I end up having multiple trips and it does not take long to find out that hanging out in the game store does not provide the repetitious and athletic needs that you need when you're camping. On top of that, I think every campground I've been to so far that's got a group campsite makes you hike quite a ways back, say a 100 yards at least, to get to the campsite. This means you're on your feet, walking back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and it doesn't take a lot of these trips before you before you really find out, the next day, oh, I don't want to move. After a couple of days of the campsite, maybe doing some hiking and whatnot as well, you're going to be worn out and really appreciate the fact you got wheels on your carts. So another top tip from Conzi regarding camping. Now, I want to wrap up. I, I did play a couple other games this weekend. I'm not going to go a lot of detail on... The Blood Bowl game I played, I did get to play Brian uh, Stark, Raving Mad from who's been on the show quite a bit, and that game was great. We had I haven't played Blood Bowl in probably four or five years. I have not had a full game of Blood Bowl, so being able to go back, sit down, and kind of play the game and try to remember the game and the rules with somebody else was really good. I we were really close. Uh, it was really a close game, most of the game. It was going into the first half, it went in 0-0, scoreless. He got the kickoff in the second half, and then it went downhill. We'll get into that a little bit when we either get on uh, the main show or when we have Stark in the studio, or Stark and I will record a separate little Conzie's Diary just for that. Now, I also got a game against my my buddy Tim Rutledge, showed up tonight, and Tim just kind of stopped by unexpectedly, and we were hanging out and talking, and he's like, let's play a game. So I dug around my game collection, and we played some Dungeon Quest. Now, I don't normally play Dungeon Quest with two players, but there's nothing wrong with playing it two players, but I gotta say, since Tim was, it was his first time playing it, he didn't have quite enough expectation of what to happen and he did do well. He had over 4,000 gold and loot. But he didn't quite plan his exit well as well as he should have. And he was about two placements, if he was lucky, two room placements away from getting to be able to get out of the dungeon. This meant that it, he did survive longer than the Conzi. Conzi decided, hey, I'm playing this for the first time. Or with somebody that hasn't ever played it, I don't want to be the normal. My normal mechanic is to kind of just, early on, just kind of feel the game out and see how things are going and who's got loot, and not get too deep in the dungeon until I see who is really in trouble and who is not, and and if it's really going to be necessary to get out. Say somebody managed to get a 400 gold get item off of a corpse they searched, or something like that. So I usually try to go in only four or five rooms deep, and then get out. This is probably the only consistent strategy that you can have success at keeping your guy alive in the game. And then, fortunately, Tim was doing really good, and at one point, if he would have realized... What he was doing, he should have just walked out when he got out of the catacombs. He should have just headed straight for getting out because at that point he already had four thousand plus gold in items. But it was fun. I unfortunately myself died trying to cross the pl- cross a bridge that was over the catacombs, and that was the final damage I took. But all in all, it's a good game. It's nice, silly dungeon quest silliness. Anyways. Kind of talked about camping. I guess mostly that's what I did all weekend, and I did get a few games in, as you've heard me talk about. Not as many as I could have, and I certainly the progress on my getting my dark elves painted for Blood in the Sun not nearly as far as I would like to with a weekend having a weekend. But since I wasn't home at all, and I did get a good chunk of the base coating done on my blackguard, even still, I call that a win. So all in all, a pretty good weekend. The last thing I, I want to just tidbit in here on camping, always take the day after camping off. I didn't this time, and I think tomorrow I'm going to pay for it while I have to sit at work with all these aches and pains from muscles that I haven't used in forever being used. So, Anyways, folks, I want you to take care. See you on Wednesday. Yes,